Hey there, welcome to the podcast. Sitting across from me, I have Jenny J. Hill Hillebrand. Uh, no, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I gotta, go, I gotta go run a lap. She is running laps around the room. She just stopped. She's doing a burpee. She's back jogging. She's back All to right. her seat. Whew. All right. Excellent, Jenny. That felt good. I am Greg Detmeyer. And we are a couple of instructional coaches in Iowa, and since we have microphones in front of us, this is the Instructional Coaching Corner, the podcast. Jenny, how are you doing today, other than a little winded from whatever that was you just did there? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm feeling great, have lots of energy after just doing that little you know, exercise bit. I mean, 10 seconds, that's all it took to get all that energy back. I'm, I'm ready for this. Let's do you this. You got your giggles out. It looks like I have never seen you this focused for a podcast. Crazy, isn't it? It is good. This is going to be a good one, that means. Crazy, that movement, just that little bit of exercise can uh, get me that, that engaged and ready to go. So we're talking movement today. We are. That yeah. was a pretty good intro. That was wonderful. However, the burpee was a little struggle. I'm glad you didn't laugh at me when I fell on the floor because I it's, struggled it's with those okay. a little bit. I couldn't really see you on the other side of the table. Do there. you want to try one? See if you can do it? No, we, we would have to record <laughs> later. Be like, out. We'd have to put uh, the mic on the floor over there for me. That might happen, yes. No, actually, uh, I'm doing good. The drive over here today to Epworth Elementary was awesome. Remember, I'm going to throw back to our Christmas podcast when I said that Jason wasn't always the best gift giver. Mm-hmm. So for Christmas, he totally surprised me. He got me Sirius XM for my car. And I was listening to 90s on 9. That's a good one. You know, awesome music. I forgot how much I love the 90s, and you really don't hear it very much anymore. So I was listening to uh, Gangster's Paradise by Coolio on the way over. So you were, like, head bobbing. I was. Jamming. That's was. the thing, though. Like, why is it, like, everyone's, like... Oh, the 80s, the 80s. Like, the 90s had some good stuff come they out. They did. They did. Absolutely. I mean, Could like... My favorite. Tub thumping? Music. 90s. Oh, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Oh, yeah. That's a great one, too. Smash Mouth All-Stars? Mm-hmm. Love 90s. It. Love it. So, yeah. Everything just put me in a good mood. That movement exercise, listening to some uh, 90s on 9 on the way over here. It's great. I'm ready to do this. So, I have a question for you, Greg. Yes. Thinking about classrooms today, even thinking back when you were in in the classroom and classrooms that you're in today, how much do you think students are up and moving on a regular basis? Well, I'm going to think back to my elementary days. Um, You know, we sat through like a math lesson. Our teacher would yell us a little bit for throwing pencils into the ceiling. (laughs) We'd sit through some more math and then we'd like get up and go to recess and then come back in and sit some more i would say 70 percent of the time we were at our desks sitting sitting okay so a lot of sit and get a lot of sit and get okay so you know today's classrooms i think are changing a little bit and i think that we have educators that are working really really hard at getting more movement and shake breaks into the classroom but for the most part we still have a lot of that sit and get um and students doing more of the listening, maybe having more conversations with students and having more you know, student-led time uh, with instruction. But as far as the information that they're getting, it's still kind of that sit and get idea where we're not up and move, moving around. Um, so today we're gonna kind of talk about the idea of movement within the classroom and the benefits of having regular movement breaks within your classroom. Well, I'm excited for this, Jenny, because I think I'm gonna learn something. and. Jenny is like this is her wheelhouse. She's a master of movement in the classroom. She could she couldn't even stop moving within the podcast. It's, she's just all about the stuff. So you'll probably hear from me again at the exit of the podcast. 
as I sit here and learn. One thing I do want to say, Jenny, I feel a lot of times it's not the fault of the teacher by any means that like it's so much sit and get. I just think there's so much pressure. There's so much to get done where some stuff like movement is often the first thing to go just because we feel like we need to get to the next thing and there's this pressure to get all this stuff done within the day, not realizing that doing this little break is going to make all the other stuff more achievable. I agree 100% that we have so much that we have to cram into one day and finding the time for those shake breaks and those movement breaks can be really hard. But hopefully after today you'll have a, a couple ideas on even just how to incorporate some of those movement things with discussions that you're having with students and those types of things. Um, this is my passion. I started this actually the first year of instructional coaching. Um, a program was brought up to me and I was completely intrigued by it. And I'm going to talk about that program a little bit later. But um, I started to do more research on the importance of movement in the classroom and what the actual benefits are to the students and uh, started to really research through uh, Eric Jensen and a lot of his books. Three of them that I'm going to mention here are great books. If you haven't read them, um, great books. We'll put a link to them also on the podcast on, on the uh, website. But Teaching with the Brain in Mind is the first book that I've read um, in a book study. Uh, two other books that we're actually doing this year that are really, really good books that talk about the importance of movement is uh, Engaging Students with Poverty in Mind and Poor Students Rich Teaching. One of the things that Eric Jensen talks about in all three of these books is that how through uh, PE, physical education, uh, movement breaks, recess, and energizing activities, we are actually building a more effective co cognitive strategy for students to learn. Uh, it, strength it strengthens learning and improves their memory and retrieval. Um, and it also enhances the learner, the, their motivation and their morale towards learning because we're making it fun. Um, not to get too heavy into the brain research behind it, but movement activates your hippocampus, which is responsible for your cognitive problem solving, uh, memory and processing skills. So that would be like your cerebellum. So your cerebellum is in charge of really focusing, problem solving, your memory, your processing. And what we're finding is that kids are using that part of their brain to sit in a chair. They have to use that part of their brain to help them remember, I have to sit in the chair. I have to keep both feet on the floor. I'm not supposed to move or talk right now or my teacher's gonna get mad. Sometimes kids' cerebellum is not, or their brainstem is not developed, and so they actually use their processing part of the brain to help them focus on sitting in a chair. So if they're using the part of their brain that's supposed to help them learn to focus on sitting in a chair, what do you think that's doing to their learning? It's inhibiting it because there's too much going on, I would assume. Mm -hmm. So for those out there who are not brain surgeons, I'm going to break this down. Thank you. The brain stem, that's like the zombie brain. So like that makes your body do all those things where it does it on its own. So sitting in a chair, I don't have to worry about sitting in a chair. I just do it. My body does it. Breathing, I'm not thinking every second, hey, take another breath. My body just does it. Jenny, you're saying that some kids where that's not developed and they're using their frontal par portion of their brain to do those routine activities. Those and automatic that's, function things, yes. And that's kind of like 
overloading the brain. It's kind of like when your cell phone has like too many apps running and you got to go clear stuff out. Yes. It can't focus on what it mm-hmm. needs to be focused on. So exactly what you just said there where there's too many things going on in a room. If you have a student who appears to not be able to focus on what you're doing, what do we think that student has? ADHD. Get in that chair, kid, right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Take so this pill. Through Eric Jensen's research and the research of um, the SMART program, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, it was it was kind of an eye-opener that we have some of those kids that, you know, were so quick to say, oh, my gosh, this kid is ADHD, when really this student is taking it, it is taking so much of their energy to sit and focus and attend that they're losing all of those learning skills, all of those processing, problem-solving skills because they're using that part of the brain for the wrong thing, that, that those automatic function things like sitting in a chair, walking in a line, standing straight, um, keeping your hands to yourself. All those things that we think of as signs of ADHD could just be that they can't use both sides of their brain the way that they're supposed to be. So totally an eye-opener and a aha for me after doing all this research and, and reading up through these books. The more students are up and moving, the more their brain is alert and ready to learn. Um, I have a funny little uh, th- way that I think about this. Do you Have you ever seen the movie Legally Blonde with Reese, Reese Witherspoon? I have not. You haven't? Oh, this isn't, okay. Now this is not the same like as me, you not seeing any of the Rocky movies. <laughs> It's not. It is not the same it's caliber not. of movie. So don't be like looking at me like, oh my God, how have you not seen Legally Blonde? Yes, I know. This would be like my type of movie over the Rocky. So I can see I can see how you haven't seen this one. But in the movie, Reese Witherspoon is uh, studying to be a law student. And um, so she is defending a wife who is on trial for murdering her husband. Okay. In the movie, Reese Witherspoon is going to law school and she is in an internship and Reese in the movie definitely portrays the blonde stereotype. And when she's defend, so when she's um, talking to this witness, to the wife during the trial, she says, well, there's no way. There's no way that my, our client could have killed her husband because um, when you exercise regularly, it, re- it releases endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people don't kill other people. So she totally plays the, the blonde stereotype and says that you know her, her uh, defendant exercises and that releases endorphins and she's this happy person so she can't possibly kill people. In relation to the classroom, happy students are learning better. So the whole idea that when we have students exercising, their brains are releasing endorphins. Endorphins are making them happy and making them want to learn and excited to be at school. It's just a whole mindset. Like if I'm happy in general, like those first few spring days where it's like, wow, it's really nice outside and the sun's shining, I feel good. And I feel like I'm more productive those days. Yeah, I agree 100%. So... There's so many benefits to movement. And just to name a couple, I just have a couple here listed um, that I want to share. Number one, getting students up and moving, and actually for anybody, it's not just students, but movement can decrease depression. Uh, There was actually a study done of over 800 kids um, at the age of six where they asked them questions that kind of led to, you know, their personalities. Did they have any signs of depression? And then they re- 
interviewed those kids at the age of eight and those kids some of the questions that they asked was you know how much they exercise what are some of the activities that they do and at the age of eight those students who exercised more were less depressed so one of the the takeaways from this article was that we as educators should not focus on the amount of time that the students are sitting in the classroom but focusing more on getting kids up and moving more so don't focus on them sitting and how long they're sitting if you have if you're thinking that it's time to get them up and moving another thing that the movement does is it enhances learning so i have a quote about enhancing learning and movement so i'm i'm greg detmeyer i'm a part of this podcast as well just kind of been (laughs) sitting quiet because i didn't i didn't know if i had anything to contribute yet however here we go a teaching partner of mine when i co-taught would always say if your butt falls asleep your brain falls asleep so thinking like you're sitting too long your brain starts to kind of just shut down a little Mm -hmm. bit and Mm -hmm. you're not as uh productive as you normally would be if you were up and moving a little bit and then sitting back down absolutely i like that one if your butt falls asleep your brain falls asleep i like that um kind of goes into the next one too that it improves the ability the ability to handle stress you know, when I'm stressed out, if I have a really stressful day, I get home, I go on the elliptical for 30 minutes, and you get off and you just feel better. So even movement just kind of helps with those stressful situations. For our students who are coming to school with that chronic stress that we may not be aware of, getting those students up and moving can help them handle the stress that they might be experiencing at home. It increases friendships through the play and the movement. It increases social emotional growth of all children, not just students or children living in poverty. And it also enhances social skills. So there are tons of benefits to moving and it's fun. So Jenny, we've kind of talked about why we should move around, Mm -hmm. why and the benefits of movement in the classroom. What are some like ways to do that? Like if you're a teacher sitting there, you're an instructional coach wanting to help someone out, how do we go about doing that? Where do we start? Where, where are some easy places to start? Mm-hmm. So the easiest one that I would recommend is Go Noodle. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that, but Go Noodle is actually an online program uh, where your classroom, they do activities. So there's dances, they actually have yoga, they have meditation, they have deep breathing techniques. And uh, every time you do one of the movement activities, you actually gain a point and each point builds a funny looking character. So it motivates the students because they wanna see their classroom character being built on the screen. But also while they're you know motivated by that, they're moving and they're, they're working. So what I like about Go Noodle is that you can read the energy level of your classroom and use the activities accordingly. If your class has been sitting for a long time and they need that energy boost to get those endorphins going in their brain, they have dance, you know, cardio dances that they can do uh, to some kid bop songs, those types of things. So it really gets them up and active. But let's say you just had a really big assembly and your kids came back and they're super excited, kind of off task, and you need to bring them back to kind of the center of where they need to be. Mm -hmm. They have yoga, they have meditation, they have that deep breathing. So I love the fact that it's not just meant to get them up and excited and get those endorphins going. If you need to bring them back, if they're getting too excited or if they're talking too much or not working as hard, they also have the options for that. I think it's great too, like with Go Noodle. I have seen this used quite a bit 
uh, you talk about like the different things they have as far as like music, uh, dance, yoga, yoga. etc. There's also like one I saw like running like track. Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of running in place, and then you have to do stuff as the screen pops up. And I'm just thinking like first off, it's variety, and mm-hmm. it's also something different. Let's say the poor kids like me and they have no rhythm and like music's playing and like a beat's going and your body's like I don't know what to do I'm not feeling nothing I mean this is a great time for them to do something too where it's not just always oh we're gonna get up and dance around again and I'm gonna stand here like I don't know what I'm doing and it's gonna foreshadow my senior prom (laughs) but instead it's like yeah we can do yoga we can do meditation we can do little other activities other than dancing around Exactly. Um, My favorite is roller coaster. So literally you're sitting on the floor and two guys are sitting in the cart of a roller coaster and they make you lean back and then lean forward and then all of a sudden you go down the big hill and everybody screams. You can tell from a hallway away the classrooms that are doing roller coaster because you just hear the blood curdling scream. The The kids love it and they think it is hilarious. So yeah, those fun little ones, you don't have to be a good dancer. However, you know, you bring up senior prom. If I do remember correctly, I did just see a picture of you from your prom with your beautiful now wife, you know, the beautiful date that you had back then. I can see what, you know, I can see why she thought you were such a catch. Of course. I mean, like, (laughs) it was all, she was going off look. She had no idea what dance moves I had. I remember senior senior prom and uh, ACDC, You Shook Me All Night Long came on. A couple buddies and I, we were out there dancing. We looked like lumberjacks. Like We like had our hands like all like right in front of our chest, just like swaying back. We had no clue what we were doing. We should have been oh, against the wall it. drinking some punch. Well, my hope would be that instead of just seeing the pictures, next time I get to see the video of that, that'd be great. No, uh, no such video no. exists. Well... They might, you know what? We should look on Go Noodle and see if they have a lumberjack song. That would be a good one for you. But uh, the best part about Go Noodle is that it is free for classroom teachers. So all you have to do is sign up, uh, you put in your class name, and you're good to go. So it's a great, easy way to try to bring that movement into your classroom every day. And it's fun, it's engaging, and the kids love it. Um, one program that I think has probably made the had the biggest impact at Dyersville Elementary is the SMART program. Um, it stands for Stimulating Maturity Through Accelerated Readiness Training. And it's something that I researched my very first year as an instructional coach. And it kind of talked about how we see those students that appear to be ADHD uh, really struggle focusing and attending to task in the classroom and how those students may not be ADHD but maybe have that underdeveloped cerebellum, that underdeveloped brainstem that's not doing what it needs to do with those automatic function things. So um, what SMART does is it's something that uh, classrooms do each day, usually takes anywhere between 15 minutes to 30 minutes depending on um, the level of engagement in the program as you want to do but what it does is it takes circuit activities so one of them i'm gonna throw out there is called the slap track so Mm -hmm. the slap track is one where kids should automatically know how to crawl across a floor you would think that that's so easy when i say that this program is for k2 which second grader won't be able to crawl across the floor 
you would be surprised the number of kids who actually struggle doing opposite hand, opposite knee, crawling across the floor. So the program takes things like crawling that should be an automatic function for all of our students, and it puts that automatic function with something academic. In the slap track might be picture cards of dog, cat, dog, cat, dog, cat. So as they're crawling across the floor, they're slapping the slap track and they're saying, dog, cat, dog, cat. So we give them the pattern. We might use sight words. You could use number identification. Last year during March Madness, we put in uh, the, the final teams that were playing in the NCAA tournament. That's cool. Sky's the limit on what you can put inside the slap track. But what it does is those types of activities stimulates both sides of the brain. So it stimulates that brain stem and it stimulates that cerebellum, which is that processing, the comprehension, the analysis part of your brain, and it makes them work together. So all these activities that are just large motor movement activities stimulates both sides of the brain. And in a sense, we're retraining that brain so that when I'm sitting in a chair, my brain stem is, is doing that. That's the automatic function that's keeping me stable and steady in my chair. And it allows my comprehension analysis part of the brain to go back to listening to the teacher and learning what I need to learn. Um, we have seen such tremendous growth with some of our students with this. Parents who were so frustrated because, oh, I just don't know why that my kid, why my child doesn't sit and listen, why they can't just sit and attend. When now we're, you know, after doing the program, we can say to them, this is making a difference. They're sitting, they're attending longer. Um, it's been a great addition to Dyersville Elementary. So if you wanna look that up, um, Again, that's, it's called SMART. It's through uh, the Minnesota Center for Reading Research. And uh, it's just a great, great program. Uh, you can get some information off of there. And you do this one at Epworth Elementary as well. It is. This is something, it's a little more of an undertaking, I would say. Mm -hmm. But we've seen some phenomenal results, especially like in our preschool room where you, you anticipate like these activities, kids are going to be able to do no problem. And then they get going and like they can't bend their legs or they can't operate one side of the body and the other mm -hmm. side at the same time but you see them as they do it and the more they progress it's amazing how much they grow mm -hmm. with these activities mm -hmm. and the teachers can see it in the classroom too the alligator crawl is the one that i think too so think about an alligator crawling on your belly your chin low to the ground and you're going opposite knee opposite arm you're reaching out and you're crawling across the floor like an alligator when I was setting up the smart room in my office, I had my daughter who is in fifth grade. At the, she was in fifth grade at the time. I had her try to alligator crawl and she got down on the ground and she just laid there. She goes, what do I do? How do I do this again? I mean, she struggled and I thought, oh my gosh, my own child can't do an alligator crawl across the floor. And I started to panic, but it's amazing how they progress and how quickly they can get those things that should be automatic. One of my favorite ones is the word ladders or the number ladders where the kids have to bounce a ball each time they say a word that was probably the biggest eye-opener you'd think well of course kids can bounce a ball and kids can say numbers and words mm -hmm. but saying them and bouncing the ball at the same time very difficult for some kids very challenging so this is a program that just you can see the benefits you can see the changes that it's making in the kids so this has probably been one of the greatest additions to Dyersville Elementary. We have it in all of our preschool rooms, our kindergarten rooms all have the circuits within their room, and then we also have a building circuit that anybody, any grade level can use at any time. So 
that's been a great addition too. So thinking about <clears throat> Go Noodle and the SMART program, next time, so we're going to do kind of a two-part here. Um, we have a teacher at Dyersville Elementary, Monica Steffen, who really, really believes in movement in the classroom. She is our behavior behavior specialist teacher and so she sees the benefits of her students in particular and how important it is to get them up and moving every day and so we're actually going to have her come in she's an ambassador for go noodle and has put out some amazing blogs just talking about the importance of movement in the classroom so on our next podcast we're actually going to have monica come in as a guest speaker and i'm excited to hear what she has to share as I'm well i'm excited too she's got some great uh her blog posts were phenomenal that she wrote for go noodle there it's always nice too to hear some like boots on the ground what's mm -hmm. this look like and tell us some stories of like life change that you've seen because of this stuff yeah so super excited uh today hopefully was just enough of an overview about the importance of movement in the classroom why we should do it some of the benefits of it and then also just hopefully getting out there and maybe if you haven't tried go noodle Go ahead and try Go Noodle. And uh, if SMART is something that you're interested in, uh, send us an email. I would love to talk more about the program and the benefits that we've seen and how you could possibly get it set up within your buildings as well. So, Jenny, I do have one more thing to add. Okay. I, I, I've been sitting here listening to you, and I thought of something to add to this podcast. <laughs> awesome. So sometimes, you know, you're in a classroom, and it's just like, I don't have my Go Noodle set up, or I don't have time to set up a smart circuit because that'd take several days. What do you do? Here's something I've done. I've gone to the YouTube, and I just go like, just dance Eye of the Tiger. Mm. And I just play that. Like, there's teenage kids out there who record themselves playing video games like because they want to show everyone, look at the high score that my avatar got on this game. <laughs> odd exciting however it's there for us to to watch and the kids can model and do what the screen's doing mm -hmm. and it i mean you can do that in like 30 seconds be ready to go as long as you have a projector and, and some speakers the learning station is another one that you can search on youtube that has some great videos just movement ones and uh, go noodle too yeah that one even if you have an account it doesn't take long to log in and stuff right. so Jenny, I think we uh, we laid out the overview for movement. You laid out the overview for movement. <laughs> I sat here and drank Diet Mountain Dew. And nodded at me a lot. I did nod a lot. Yeah. Aggressive nods. I'm good there. <laughs> he approved. So at this time, it is time for listener mail. And a while back, we did a podcast on mindset in the classroom, and we talked about grit stations. I want to thank Bridget. She reached out and asked us, you know, can you send us some stuff? Send me some examples of what these look like. And we did do that. And Bridget said that our podcast has been inspiring and very helpful. So thank you for those kind words, Thanks, Bridget. Bridget. And if you're out there thinking, hey, I'd like some of that stuff you sent Bridget, send us some listener mail at www.iccpodcast.com. Hit the listener mail tab. It'll walk you through what you need to do. How about if they want to listen to our podcast or if they want to listen to past podcasts, what can they, they do? They are on the website as well. You can click on past shows. You could click on the mini cast shows. Those are quick little five-minute uh, podcasts about cool little quotes, books. The le There's been a couple about crazy Detmeyer kids stories, which those <laughs> will keep coming. I, I find them funny oh. at least. You could also subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, Podcast Addict. Jenny, anything else? I don't think so. 
I get out there good. and move. Go move. Get back. Get doing those burpees. Get running right, around the table right now. As we leave and as Jenny continues to run around the table, ask yourself, what one thing could I do tomorrow that will make me a better version of myself? Then wake up and do it. Because greatness isn't achieved by one event, but instead a series of small, intentional steps. Jenny, hop up. Come on, get over here. you got to close right. us out. Go be awesome, people. Go be awesome. Go be awesome.